Get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I am your host. I am joined by my sidekick, my good pal, uh, my old mucker, uh, Gunnar Hilsey, Trev. I'm also joined by uh, a guy that we've done a really, really good series with in the summer, the Arsenal History Series, uh, Mark. And we'll talk about some of his books. And uh, we thought we'd uh, bring in a, a special guest from uh, uh, Burkamp Wonderland. We got Dan. Dan, since you're new to this sh- this show, um, say hello and and how are you doing? It's great to have you on here. We have been trying for a little while to do some collabs. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Thank you very much for asking me. I'm no stranger to the show. I um I love that um that elongated series of the history that you did with Mark and Andy. And some of them I watched twice. And it's all I could do not to make notes as I was watching it. But I thought only, 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 only I care. There's none of my friends would be interested. None of my lot care about history, really. They probably don't even know Arsenal existed back then. So I really enjoyed those. And I watched most of your shows. Yeah, it's good. Thank Thanks you. for asking really me. really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Mark uh, from thearsenalhistory.com. Uh, you've written a few books as well. Mark, welcome back for, a no- I say a normal show, but it's a, it's just a, a football show. But also, we do have a historic reference that we do want to talk about because we're going to talk about uh, Ray Kennedy later on and uh, pay some respect and remember. It's going to be beyond my era, but uh, you guys uh, will, I'm sure... Uh, fill that area. Mark, welcome back. And uh, your background's a little bit different. No. Is that the same? <laughs> Just wait. Oh, I love you that again, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> of course I am, blimey. No, no, it's a different room. Different room. The, other one, the other one, the lighting's terrible. I mean, it's terrible in here as well, but it's better in here than it is there. I can actually see things. So, yeah. Well, the ain't... The angels are looking down on you by the looks of it. Anyway, at least, well, that's well, what I'll put, the, like I'll put the, the decorations back on if you want. No, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Although decorations are allowed now because it is the 1st of December. But my mum used to make us only put the decorations up after uh, some there's some church festival on the 8th of December. And you weren't allowed to put your decorations up until after the 8th of December. Trev, uh, feeling better? I know you were on the mend and uh, you didn't make Newcastle uh, for whatever reason. But, you know, health first. Yeah, definitely, Fergus. I'm 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 feeling better every day. I'm 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 fighting. I'm 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 fine now, and uh, I'm ready to go tomorrow night. Can't wait to get up to Manchester and see me first game in a couple of months. So, all good. Yeah, it's been as with the boys have just mentioned. It's been a bit of a sad week um, because one of my first heroes has sadly passed away. But you know, it, we're, we're, I'm thinking about the present day as well and what. The, what the possibilities are for this team and, and, and it excites me again. And uh, do you know what? It's funny what Dan just said and, and Mark about that history series we did, Fergus. It, it popped up on, on social media again earlier this week, didn't it? Some, you put the link up and, and do you know what? Even though I did them and I knew what was on them and I thoroughly enjoyed the company on them and I knew what was coming up. I've watched them all again this week because, because, you know, it was just, it was a great series to do. And, and for Arsenal fans like us that like thinking about the history of the club, they're perfect. And, and I loved every second of them. So, yeah, feeling better, mate. Can't wait for tomorrow. And let's get into this podcast, eh? Right. On, on the back of the history thing, and before we go into the football side of things, because to be honest, the football's probably going to take a lighter side on tonight. One with the guests and two with uh, the news we had in the week. Um 
Mark, you've you've done three books. One uh, yourself, which was uh, the Royal Arsenal, which is all about the champions of the South, and, and we talked a lot about that in um, yeah. the very first of that history series. And you also mm-hmm. worked with Andy on the Complete Arsenal, which I'm sure is not far away from Trevor's hands right now. Uh, look, there you go; it's in his hands. He lives and breathes by that um, that book. Um, and the other one uh, you done with some other guys, um, which is you've only got one song. Give us a brief rundown of, of about how you got into it and, and 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 the various books and where people can get them, and then uh, we'll move on to the other. Well, I've actually done six, but that's another. That's another thing. There's a few more others sure. which, are, which are earlier, which I know Dan's. I know Dan's got the crowd, and which was my dissertation um, for, for certain things, and the Woolwich Arsenal as well. No, I mean, I, I, I'd, 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 I'd sort of. I don't know. I said to you before that I didn't really watch a lot of football. Well, I did watch a lot of football, but I stopped watching 2006 to 11 because I just couldn't be arsed with it anymore. You didn't miss anything. No, no, and uh, yeah, that, that's become quite evident actually. Um, and I just saw a I just saw a website um, about with the Arsenal run by Tony Atwood and, and Asa, um, and I just said to them, "Are you interested? I've done a dissertation on the crowd with the Arsenal, you know, Royal Arsenal, blah blah blah." And um, said, "Yeah, yeah." So I basically got talking, uh, met up with Andy, and we took it from there basically. Um, and, you know, his his interests are more, as I said, on the pitch, and mine are more off the pitch. So I'm more interested in the crowd and what happened at certain things, and even more interested in in the playing stats. So we we sort of work that way. We work well that way. I still use the stat from I think it was our first uh, episode of the, the the series, which was uh, I came along and I thought I was really clever and 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 which I'm never really clever, Mark. You know that. Uh, but I, I came up. I thought it was really clever, and I said, look, uh, boys go in for uh, two pence, uh, men go in for. Uh, Three, three uh, p. Uh, women got in for free. What? No, not very many women went to football back in eighteen ninety one. Then, and you said forty percent of the crowd were women because it was. Well, and and then you talked about the book and and so on there as well. Yeah, I mean, forty percent of the crowd were at a specific time. It wasn't forty percent all the time. It was mainly it wasn't mainly blacks. Um, but I, mean, I said ten, fifteen percent were women for for most games in in those days. Certainly, eighteen ninety to ninety three. Um, I think it changed a bit when, the, when they moved the Manor Ground when it became Woolwich Arsenal. Um, there's still women there, and you see pictures in the crowd. There's, there's the odd woman, and women were definitely in the in in, in the terror in the on the, in the stands. Um, but but it, it was more of a society thing, the forty percent figure, and that was eighteen ninety when they opened the Victor Ground because they always made a big thing about it, you know, and people just go along and and at once I think they realised that it was muddy. And it was a bit pity. Um, oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> then you know people sort of stopped going, and you know women sort of stopped. But they were going, but they used to go into the stands. You know there wasn't that many in the terraces. But at the start, you know, start of the Victorian period, there was a lot of women. It was, it was it was just it was just really interesting to get some of that information and, and that stuff, and that's what we did get from from the series and from your books. And Dan, you're not shy if. Um, uh, contributing to a book, I know there was a book that you. Uh, uh, to be honest, it was Mark that put me onto this. That you um, put, uh, you've done a chapter. I think was in the Arsenal for Everyone: Embracing Diversity and Equality by David Seeger. Uh, enlighten me. I haven't got a clue. I'm dyslexic. I like to watch everything. I don't read nothing. 
I'm exactly the same now. I am. I can't read books. My eyes wobble. I can't. If I'm reading a book, my mind will start wondering what I'm having for dinner or how many mice you could fit on an elephant. And then I just think, <laughs> and I forget what I've read, so I have to go back and read it again. And, and I just I don't bother anymore. But it's uh, yeah. Um, Dave, I've known Dave for for many years. He's been on the show every time he's um, a few times, and when he writes books, he's been on. And he said, oh, "We're doing a book about um, people with disabilities and diversity and things like that." He said, "Would you like to be in it?" I said, "Why me?" He said, "Well, you." been running their podcast for a long time so yeah but no one listens anymore i've only <laughs> only been doing it a long time so we're about the fifth one to ever start it and it's only our blog still going and even now it'd be good so he um he rang me up and we spoke for about an hour and a half should have been a half hour chat and then he made a note of it all he went yes and he rang back and then made a few more alterations sent me a draft of it i said yeah that's good that's brilliant and after reading it all i thought if i didn't know that was me i'd think that's not a bad story actually so Dave Seeger knew more about it than what I did, and he was right. And it's got um, 16 chapters in it, it 16 people's stories and their interactions with the club and how to become fans and uh, how they go to games. Like, I don't really go anymore. I've not been since 2019. And then I stopped going in just after the um, the League Cup loss to Chelsea in 2007, was it? So I didn't mm-hmm. go from 2007 until 2019, roughly, because uh, for the same reason as Mark, because... Quite frankly, it was shit. Oh, it was awful and uh, <laughs> wasn't very good. Sorry about that. Uh, it, was, it wasn't good. And uh, I could see Wenger had given up. And so I gave up and stopped going. And uh, yes, really good book. And uh, he did a launch at the Armoury after the Newcastle game. And uh, Per Mertesacker was there. Jack Wilshire was there. And he's done uh, Charlie Patino. Is that how you say Charlie Patino? Now I'm saying in that head that sounds like some kind of pain mm. treatment. It sounds like some mafia boss or something like that, doesn't it? Really? <laughs> he might well be. He's only little and he's doing, he had a limited number that Charlie had signed. And uh, it's just a really good book. Hopefully, it'll bring out an audio version. I'll read it for him if he wants. I'll do, I'll do it for nothing. But it's uh, another line in brilliant books that um, Dave Seeger has done. And you can get it from Legends Publishing. Brilliant. Actually, you, you'd be um, a good voice for that, Dan. I'll do it, yeah. And you there's know, another one as well voice, yeah. that I might be in this. Uh, Paul Paolo, Paolo. Oh dear, there's um another a bloke is writing a book about the 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 Vengi years, and I just happened to put him on to. I think you you might be involved with it as well, um Mark. What was his name? Darren. No, he's he's a Steve, a, 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 a journalist. <laughs> oh, some yeah, okay. Someone has yeah, someone has contacted me, but I haven't sort of got back. Uh, anyway, yes. so he's he's but- doing a book. And uh, he was just yeah. interested because I said I knew all about Wenger before he came to Arsenal. And I don't know anyone else who did, only because I read in 442 an interview with Glenn Hoddle when Glenn Hoddle was saying that Arsene Wenger was the best manager he's ever worked with. And I knew Gary Lineker went to was Nagoya Grandpa's 8 with him. So that's another one that's coming out. He said he might put some of my quotes in there. Don't know why I'd want to do that. Well, <laughs> they're not as good as Mark's uh, very books. Eight- oh. Very highbrow for us normally, um, uh, this, uh, talking about all these books. Um, But uh, we're going to get back to something cold and shivery, which was last Saturday uh, afternoon, 12.30. I'll tell you what, it was absolutely, oh, Baltic at the Emirates. Um, It was cold. The atmosphere was um, flat, especially in the first half. The beer, I refused to drink the beer because... um, I, I had a pint of that Camden uh, the, 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 the the week before and it was that bad, it turned my guts. And I'm just not paying £6.20 
for awful product. And there's no point in complaining to them because the people behind there, God bless them, they're just doing a job, but uh, they they will not have a clue. Um, lineups, we had Ramsdale, Tomiyasu, White, Gabrielle, Tavares, Sake, Thomas, um, Party with Lakonga, Smithrow, Odegaard started, and Abamyang uh, up top. Trev, what did you make of the lineups? Were, 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 were you... Uh, were you happy with the lineup? Were you comfortable with it? And, and and what did you make of the overall first half performance? Yeah, I was very happy with the lineup. Apart from, I, I do feel sorry for for uh, Lacazette because he's a trier and he always seems to be the one that they that that gets substituted or dropped. So I felt sorry for Lacazette because he's done no worse than Albamiang, no no worse at all. Um, but apart from that, the lineup was fine. And I, I, I thought we'd we'd win comfortably. And the first half, you know, it, 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 we were playing against a side with a new manager. There's always some some effect from that, Fergus. But I wasn't worried. Never thought from the first minute that we were going to lose that game of football against Newcastle at the weekend. Never thought for one minute. As I laid in bed in the warm watching it while you were there freezing cold, mate. I would freeze got one pint of beer in me as well, and and it was flat as hell. Uh, Mark, uh, you watched the game. Uh, I did check that because I know sometimes you decide not to. Um, so I did check before you came on that you watched the, uh, the game. What, what did you make of the game? And what did you make of, say, in the first half? Um, let's look at Tavares in particular. He would, for me, had a, an overall a great game, but um, his pot shots and his shots from way outside the box. You know. No, I watched the last five minutes, mate. <laughs> yeah, thanks. No, I watched it. Okay. Um, no, I, 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 I did say I did sort of allude to you beforehand um, that I, I, I'd, I'd rather have a, a defender like Tommy Yasser who's, who's solid, because um, my view is a defenders defend, and I thought Tavares all over the place, to be honest. Um, I know he set the, the first goal up, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, blah blah, right? But his job is to defend; it's not to attack. We've got enough forward-thinking players, um, and yeah, he had a, he had a, a, a good game, but he was definitely wasn't man of the match. I mean, do, you, no... do, you, do you not do you not think that the modern-day uh, left and right backs are more attacking like wingers than? Than uh, defenders these days, they're expected to run the run the lines. They're expected to cross the ball in. So Tommy Asu was doing what he was what he was asked to do in in a modern modern society, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, but he's he's much more sort of defensively, and that's his role. His role was to, to, to defend. It's sorry, not, not Tommy Asu. T- uh, t- Tavares. Sorry, Tavares. Sorry. Well, I think he's good going forward, but I mean, I'm not convinced about his defensive qualities. And he was all over. He was all over the shot. I mean, he, how many shots did he have in the first? First half that went over the bar. I, th- I, th- I think he took four skyward shots, um, mm. and then it wasn't helped by the crowd shouting "shoot" every five minutes. It, it, you know, yeah, but, uh, no, the players think that because they've been told not to by the manager, so they actually obey what the manager says. Ferg, you know, can, can I interject here, boys? Can I put something yeah, else into this, into this thought? In that, it, it's a strange shout we use uh, defensively at the moment of the Arsenal, but I don't mind it at all. In that. We've got our solid central defenders in White and Gabriel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we've we've got Tommy Yasu and Tavares, who like bombing up and down the flanks as well. But what I've found is, if, when Tommy Yasu and Tavares get forward in a back four, 
we never seem to be short at the back. I think because we find them that the other midfielders drop in behind them quickly. If Tavares is bombing up the line or or, or, or Tomiyasu, the other midfielders seem to drop in behind them and have that little bit of cover for them. I, I, I think Tavares fought first half against Newcastle after last week's performance against Liverpool. I owe Arsenal here, or I owe us a goal. And, and I think the young man maybe got a bit carried away, but I didn't think he was real bad. A lot of people have really got into him. I didn't think he was real bad. And second half, I, I think maybe someone had a word with him at half time. And um, second half, he, he was much more controlled and much mm. more effective, wasn't he? <laughs> he, he, yes. he, he yeah. was and some of the comments by Heath that like he was looking not to take a floodlight out and uh, his shots were, were no worse than uh, boomerangs Dan um, what were your thoughts on, on Tavares and more so Tomiyasu you know he, he came close to scoring in the first half uh, I was at the other end but you could see where he's gone he had nowhere to go with the ball and he just saw a gap just beside the bottom bo- uh, corner of the, the bottom post and 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 he just went. You know what? Sod it. I'll I'll take a pot shot. It was no better no better opportunity. And he was unlucky not to get that goal. What do, what did you make of his performance in that game? Um, I don't like to see. I, I agree with Mark. I don't like to see my my fullbacks turning into wingbacks, turning into wingers, turning into outside forwards or whatever that old that old thing was. I don't want to see that, especially when you've got a Bamiyang on there and you've got um, Odegaard on there. But there's not enough goal scoring threat from the central midfield. And so maybe that's why those players have to have pot shots. Plus, when you're playing against Newcastle and they're playing 11 men at the back because they don't want, they know they're going to lose eventually and they've got a horrendous record this season. It's like, was it you, Mark, that put that um, Newcastle are the new Vincibles? That was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was Andy. Andy put that uh, I always get you two mixed up with your tweets. I know, I know you are separately, <laughs> but that is, that's, we put a, a screen grab of all Newcastle's results this season and put the new Vincibles because they've lost everything. But they know they're going to get smashed wherever they go. And so they're playing very defensive football, trying to catch us on the break. I mean, John Joe Shelby was doing the same thing. He was having pot shots. But why, how, I often wonder as a footballer, how hard is it to get a shot on target? Now, Tavares obviously can't. And mate, one day, they're just, Tavares and um, Party are just like Xhaka for the last four seasons, constantly taking pot shots. And maybe one out of every 50 might ricochet and go in or be an absolute screamer. Like we saw with um, Timo Puki last night, an absolute screamer. But he got it on target and he knew what he was doing. Why the manager lets them do it, I don't know. I mean, I'm not overly fond of Tavares at left back. I want someone who can defend. And the whole point of buying Tommy Ashu, who is more of a centre back than a the right back, is the fact that when the left wing back, left back, whatever you want to call those players, like um Tierney makes a run down the left. Tommy Asu becomes the third centre back. And the same what, what Tierney does for Scotland when Tommy Asu doesn't play for Scotland, in case anyone's wondering that he does. <laughs> when Tommy Asher is making a run, then Tierney goes into a back three, which he does for Scotland the entire time because they've got the, the Liverpool players at Robertson. They've yeah. got him yes. playing as, as as the more left wing back. And so Tierney plays the entire time at left centre back. And he played two games in a row, played the almost two full games for Scotland. And he was dropped for the or didn't start the next two games. And that worries me. Because Tavares, obviously, is not ready. We saw against Liverpool, top class opposition. They they turned him inside out. He can't do the job. Now, Tommy's really good. I like Tommy. I've got plenty of time for Tommy. He seems to have a good game, then a bad game, then a good game. So I'm expecting him to have a bad game against Man United. But why they keep Fair having these pot shots, it's just wasting it. No, I, I, I do agree with the pot shots. Trev, um, 
Dan's raised a few points on there, in particular the, the the question that we have about Tavares, and we're talking. You know what? I think we're going to talk to cover this game and half cross into the Man United game as well because um, it, it, Tavares, uh, I I think was poor against Liverpool. I think you're correct in saying that he had um, he was trying to make up for his poor performance, and and I think he did make up for his poor performance against um, Liverpool and his, his errors against Liverpool uh, in the game against Newcastle. Uh, Kieran Tierney was warming up the whole game in front of us uh, on the North Bank, but didn't get looking, didn't come on. Uh, would you drop Tavares, who's on form, for Tierney on uh, tomorrow night? Yeah, well, do you know what? Firstly, I, I, I think, Dan, that was a little unfair, son, on Tavares saying he was the poor one at Liverpool. He was outclassed. I think if we're honest with ourselves, most of our team were outclassed at Liverpool. We were a young side beaten by a better team in most areas of the park. Um, no, well, it's an interesting thing tomorrow. I saw it on social media yesterday and it, and it got my thoughts going, Ferguson, that someone mentioned that the, the lad Saka is, is likely not to be able to start the game tomorrow. And I thought, to, I, I saw this comment and I thought, yeah, I agree. If Saka's out the side, does this give him a chance to start Tavares and Tierney on the left in the same team? I'd certainly rather see Tavares and Tierney than than Shuald Saka in on the left. I think either 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 of Tavares or Tierney could play further up the field and play and do a job for us. So it, it's an interesting thing. I don't want to drop Tavares. I know he's, he, he's been uh, in and out, but I think he's a class player and the only way he'll improve is by playing him in games. Um, I think that's been our fault, by the way, in recent years, that our youngsters have never got a run in the side. They've always been in, out, in, out, in, out and, and never got a bit of, you know, consistent experience. So, no, I don't want to see Tavares dropped, but I'm desperate to see Tierney back in the side. And I'd love for us to somehow, Fergus, squeeze them both into the team tomorrow night. Um whether we do or not, I don't know. Whether we can or not, I don't know. And Trev, um, moving on from Tavares and 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 the cent- uh, the the the, the wing backs, um, Abamyang. Um, he was mentioned that the reason Tavares is putting t- pot shots in is because Odegaard wasn't performing well. Abamyang uh, wasn't performing well. Abamyang, it was easier to bloody score the goal than hit the post that he on the goal he done. What did you make of his performance in the game on Saturday? What is it? Do you know what, Fergus? My opinion on Abamyang changes almost by the minute, mate. I, I, I think mm. to myself, we pay a striker to score goals, and he's not scored goals for a long time now. This hasn't been a short-term lack of form. It's been a long time he's not scored goals for. But when I watch him, he seems to be running around the field, but but he's just not getting into the position to score goals. So it was somewhere in the back of my head, is he not getting a service from the central midfield, you know? But then two things on Saturday. Firstly, he misses that sitter against, he hits the post. And you think to yourself, he don't look up that upset with that. As a matter of fact, there was a bit of a smile mm-hmm. on his face, a bit of a wry smile on Aubameyang's face. If I'd have missed that at my age, I wouldn't have been smiling. I'd have been pulling what's left of me air out, mate, and, and, and thinking, what am I doing? And then the, the thing a bit later on in the game is Martinelli comes on, makes the run that we've all been crying out for our forwards to make, and immediately scores a goal. 
So mm. there's something different. Something's changed up front. It's fresh legs and it's a different run. It's different angles. And it, maybe it's younger legs. Maybe it's a different outlook. But I think Martinelli coming on and scoring so soon sort of says, yeah, we need a forward function. I said it last week, Fergus. We need forward functioning and we've not had it. We've not had it, not just this season, most of last season. I, I, I had a chat with James Power, um, you know, Trev from, from the football um, uh, before the game. And I was I was talking about Aubameyang and I was saying how poor of a, a season, 18 months he's had. And he tried to coincide that with um, Arteta's uh, position. Uh, but even still, he did make a good point, which was if you're not getting the correct service from the midfield uh, as a forward, it's the worst job that you can ever have as being a striker. Because if you're not getting the ball, you're just going to be uh, hung out to dry. Um, Mark. Odegaard, Martinelli, Smith Rowe, that, that the Saka, that midfield thing. Once Martinelli came on, Trev pointed he was on uh, pointed out that he was on uh, only a few minutes and he scored a goal. Um, is is it Aubameyang's just off form, and or is it Martinelli gel better with that uh, midfield? What changed? What, what... Well, if you think about last season when we were thinking we get relegated. Um, the three players who made a difference were Saka, Smith Rowe, and Martinelli, weren't they? You know, they played mm-hmm. five or six games from the Chelsea game onwards, and the season team has turned around. Um, so obviously, those three are, are utterly central to the way we should be playing and do play. Obviously, Martinelli got injured, um, didn't come in. I mean, personally, I think that he should be playing Lacazette as a central forward because he brings everyone into play. Whereas Aubameyang's more of a um, he gets the ball, he shoots. So Lacazette brings the ball in, looks to who he's going to play it to, and play, people play off him. Aubameyang is a, is, a, is a solitary player in many ways. He's not he's not someone who brings others into the game. I think Lacazette brings people into the game. And, which I, th- and I think that's where they should be doing it. I don't see why they bring Odegaard on. He brings Odegaard on when Lacazette's playing. Um, because oh, I can't see the point of Odegaard, to be honest, um, when you've got Smith Rowe on your team. But... You know, I, I don't know. I'm sure he, he sure he brings things to the team, and he's not a bad player. She said, "I don't know whether he fits into our way of doing things." I don't, I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't. He's, he's a, he's a. To me, he's neither here nor there. I'm not sure he's a decent player, but you know, from, from our perspective, I don't see what what he brings to us. Dan, Dan, thoughts thoughts on this. I used to get really annoyed with Wenger when he'd get players and play him out of position. One of my Two players that it makes me cry to think about what Wenger did to them is Ashwin and Podolsky. World-class players, stuck them out on the left-hand side, ruined their careers. It worked with Lauren, who was a right midfielder, played him at right-back, turned him into a fantastic right-back. Gilberto, centre-back, moved him to defensive midfield, outstanding player. And Ashley Cole, another one, he was a left-winger, and then or maybe even a striker, turned it, made him a left-back, to probably the best left-back the Premier League's ever seen. And Lacazette should not be playing in the 10. He hasn't spent the entire of his career being a marquee striker, um, not getting the chances for France because the manager doesn't like him. But but for Leon, when he first came to us, he was man- fantastic, a wonderful player to watch, a great goal scorer, almost Ian Wright-esque, and I loved him. You, you can't play him in that 10 because he's not a 10. He hasn't got the ability. He's no Giroud where he can play with his back to goal and set stuff up. He should not be playing there. The only time Lacazette should be on that pitch is when when um, Young isn't on form. So I'd start Lacazette ahead of um, Young at the moment because Young just doesn't look like he cares. Odegaard, 
He's the captain of Norway. He was at Real Madrid. He was fantastic at Zaragoza. That bloke has got more skill than most of that first 11 in his little finger. He's absolutely stunning. Oh, there you go. That's a really... There's a graphic I've just put on the screen for people on audio in terms of pressure uh, made per 90 minutes and disencovered per 90 minutes. Martin Odegaard is currently the hardest working player in the Premier League. It doesn't look like it when I'm watching him. I do think he just is. Uh, he just is. He waves his hands around a lot, <laughs> uh, and and he's talking to his uh, to his colleagues and and his fellow players a lot, and he's getting very frustrated. Um, you can see him putting some effort in, but it just doesn't seem to work. I don't know if it will we're work. not good enough for him. I yeah. I, 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 is the squad we got good enough for him, or is he just overblown? Fog. Listen, on, right. Dan makes Dan makes two really good points there. Firstly, I couldn't agree more with you, Dan, than about Podolski. Podolski, I was so frustrated with Wenger every week because he he did ruin Podolski, absolutely ruined him. And the other point about the midfielders, you know, and I said it. I think I can't. I said it recently, but. With our strikers, right, have got three internationals playing behind them now. They've got two England internationals and the captain of Norway playing behind them. So they're not bad, them lads. You know, they're not bad at all. Saka and Smith Rowe play for England, who have got lots of, lots of options in that position, but are playing for England, you know. So you do have to look to the striker to, to, for the fix, I think, Fergus. You do. I'll probably change my mind tomorrow, you know what I mean? Because you, mm. things swing you every day, but... You do have to look to, to to the striker, and come January, I think it's 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 make or break time. We buy a striker, and we either take off and we fly, in and and we're gone, winning game after game because that's what we didn't have. Or all us people that are doubting the striker are proved wrong because we bring in a new striker and nothing changes. I've got a funny feeling that if we bring in, and someone just mentioned Giroud, a Giroud type up front. Or, or just someone different that's going to lift the side and refresh it, then I think we'll be away. I really think it is the missing link, the final bit of the jigsaw, mate. We only have one well, considering... avenue of football at the moment, Fergus, don't we? We need someone like, uh, we've been linked to Vlahovic of Fiorentina, and we've apparently offered 80 million, and they said no, he wants to go to Juventus, but Juventus are in trouble at the moment for more shady deals. But at the moment, the only way we can do stuff is um, by, we've got Martinelli, and uh, Eddie doesn't play anymore, and Lacazette, neither of them are going to jump up in the air and head stuff down, either to try and score or to lay it off to someone else, are they? We, we, we've only got one dimension of play up front. We need, you need more than that. You need two or three. I, well, I think Lacazette does bring people into the game. He, he, he brings people he does, into the game. He does, he, but he doesn't hold up, he doesn't self, hold up play. Yeah, but that's not the same, that's not the same as, as bringing people into play. And he's, he's, not, he's not like, he's not like Giroud. Was um, no, they're different never, players, okay. Yeah, he's never scored a scorpion kick for a start. Well, he does run around like <laughs> like a, a blue ass fly, as my mum would say. Is uh, his work rate is it reminds me a little bit of Sanchez. Sanchez used to get so frustrated, he'd go and get the ball off the goalkeeper, run the limp for the pitch. Lacazette shouldn't be having to do that, he's not as skilled as, as Sanchez was. But Lacazette tries really, really hard, whereas Aubameyang seems to be standing there smoking the wood, buying, waiting for half time, pint of bitter. It's <laughs> 
it worries me. <laughs> Let's talk about the the the, the goals, uh, and and then we'll move on to the United game and and so on. So you got you got Saka's goal first of all, uh, a, a great assist from Tavares, but a, a bit of a wonder move. Um, uh, Dan, I'll come to you on this one then uh, on on Saka's goal. Uh, what did you make of his goal? And unfortunately, he was soon injured there afterwards. Yeah, I was looking at it again. It's really hard to remember without looking at it, refreshing my mind what happened. It was just good midfield play from Lukonga with Tavares back and forth, then out to Saka, then Smith Rowe was involved, then Saka again, then Saka come in and uh, and scored from a tight angle, which is uh, which is what you want from them. Like 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 Hillsy was saying, we've got so many players, creative players, but we don't seem to have. Every defence magnificent, creativity really good. But then when it comes to putting the goals away, Lacazette and the bum young aren't doing it. And luckily, Smith Rowe's been on form recently. What did he score? Three or four goals in a row in three or four games. Yep. And then Sack and Saka's doing it. These are kids. These are still at the beginning of their careers. And Absolutely. you can't rely on them to do all this stuff. You need the the more experienced players to be doing it. So at the moment, it's just just got to be so grateful that that Saka is doing it and and doing it really well and being entertaining and yeah I'm just really glad that he scored that goal because we could have we had like 24 shots at goal I think we had six on target and that goal as usual when a goalkeeper comes to the Emirates he's he's the the um the ghost of Levy Ashin and I hope that was a goalkeeper I think it was yeah Oh my god! <laughs> but, uh, they just have, and usually it's, it was always Pavel Chernichek and uh, Martin Krull playing for Newcastle. They, they, oh. they just have wonder games. I mean, he blocked six six shots. So the, five, yeah, the five shots on target. We had nine shots on. Uh, sorry, we had six shots on target. Eighteen off off target. They had five and wow. four. So yeah, yeah. So <laughs> for for a dull game, which it felt, um, <laughs> it, you know, that's a lot of shots. At goal, that is a lot. There was four corners for each side, uh, five fouls on the Arsenal side, twelve fouls uh, by Newcastle, and one in particular, Trevor, um, the foul on uh, Nuno Tavares by is it Kraft? Um, Nuno had uh, got the better of him, running along the wing, along by the touchline by the dugouts, and he had beaten him once, he beat him twice, he beat him three times, and Kraft had no other option but to literally. From the angle, and you know where we are, Trev, from the angle, I'm looking down the line and he is just coming. You can see his whole body has just moved with the force of the, the barge he gave. It's an assault. How he didn't get a red card for that, I'll never know. Yeah, I thought it was a penalty. It was funny because the first time I watched it on the telly, I thought, well, no, that's coming together. And then they, they turned the angle around and I thought, oh, blimey, he's took him right out there. No, no, no. That's the penalty shot. That's the penalty shot. I'm talking about the foul on Tavares uh, by Kraft. The, the the one you're talking about uh, is the oh, the claim on Colin Wilson. Yeah, which, which was, was in, it, maybe I was having a sip of tea when I, that one. Then because I can't recall that, Fergus. Maybe I was. I don't, I don't to, be honest, to be honest, I well, think I think it's because where where we were, you could see it, and 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 it has been replayed on Match of the Day, it has been replayed on Sky, but from the angle, we were all we all took a gasp of breath, and it's the difference of watching t watching football in the stadium than watching on TV and the camera angles and so on. But mm. now that you mentioned it, the, the Tavares barge on Wilson for a penalty claim, uh, Trev, it was a penalty, wasn't it? Oh mate, no, I'm, listen. I'm biased, Fergus. I support the Arsenal. 
right? <laughs> it was never a penalty in a million years. The one down the other end for us was a definite penalty. Now, oh, that was know, actually. On a serious note, Fergus, they could have both been given on their day and they, they could have both been not given. On the mm. day, they were they were both not given. I thought, you know, as a sum of it, biased, I thought ours was a little bit more. I thought the bloke really went into him. Um, but, you know, it, it's 50-50, isn't it? Some you get, some you don't. I didn't beat. I wasn't going to get beat up about it because, as I think Mark said earlier, we knew we were going to win the game. It was going to be comfortable, um, and, and and that was it. You know, I, I I just watched the second half. Just just all all I've got in my head is the goals. I'm just drooling over both the goals, Fergus. The passing, the, goal. the, first, the passing for the first one was was magical, and it was down our corner, wasn't it? And um, then, of course, the, the second goal we'll talk about in a minute. But do you know what? I've just got something in my head that's throwing me off track a little bit that Dan just said about players' careers being ruined, you know. Dan, Wenger going, you know, saved Lacazette because Wenger just didn't give Lacazette much of a chance at all. He, he signed him, then he hardly played him, then he brought him in and kept substituting him when you thought he was playing well. And I couldn't work it out. And Lacazette has my sympathy. For me, Lacazette is like a, a 7 out of 10 striker. He's never going to be a world, world, worldy, but he's never going to let you down, you know? And 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 so I just wanted to make that point that, that I felt sorry for him. Well, he's been assigned him, didn't he? And yeah. he came in and the first half of the season, he was brilliant. And then he got injured around Christmas, but he carried on going until the January transfer window. And then, and then Wenger was, I think he was quoted as saying once that, that when someone like Aubameyang comes up for sale and you have a chance to get him, you can't say no. And then uh, Lacazette went off and had his operation and then he came back. And uh, then uh, I mean that, for, that half a season for Aubameyang, he was absolutely, what did he get 15 in 18 or something like that? And we thought, here we go, we've got another Henri here. He's going to get another 40 goal a season, man. But it's uh, most clubs only need one of those two players and having two of those players has kind of nullified each other a little bit, Fergus. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, Martinelli, um, his performance, he came on. Uh, he's been out of favour, Mark, with um, uh, Mikel Arteta. Or so people feel that he's been out of favour with Mikel Arteta. Um, do you feel that um, he has been out of favour uh, with, um, with Mikel Arteta? And do you think Mikel Arteta now has to maybe eat a bit, a bit of humble pie following that explosive... Um, substitution. I don't know, but what I do know is he didn't play him very much. So you know, you can make as many suppositions as what you want. Is he out of favour? Is he this? He hasn't played him. Why hasn't played him? None of us know, do we? We we, we don't know why he hasn't played him. And most of I would have thought all of us would have thought, well, he's got to play Martinelli this game. We've got to bring him on half an hour to go if we're not breaking defences down. And he hasn't done it. So, so yeah, there could be something going on. But, but he's but, played three hundred and sixty-five minutes this season. Jack has played it? one minute less, and Cedric Suarez has played three hundred and sixty-eight. Well, well that oh, says wow. it all, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm impressed. What? Why he's not playing him? I don't know. I, I, you know, I mean, he showed he showed a good job, didn't he? he? He breaks teams down. He can he can score goals out of nothing. So, so, so Mark, um, do you start? Do you start him again uh, tomorrow night? Um, it depends on how he wants to play, doesn't it? I mean, you know, we went there last season and won, played really defensively. 
scored a breakaway goal and won. Um, you know, our, 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 um, our record at Old Trafford is appalling, to be honest, just historically. It's absolutely... I mean, in the FA Cups, it's not. But in, in the league, it's absolutely shocking. So to get a win, I think they're going to have to do the same. Just shut up shop and hope we, hope we not one in. Um, and, you know, keep Ronaldo quiet, which would be quite easy to put Dan, two questions for you. The first question is more on a professional basis, as you are a host of a podcast, to say you shouldn't work with um, children, animals, and uh, authors, I think, is the other one, isn't it, apparently? I, I have heard that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the second one has been in by Richard Butler. In the, <laughs> the second one has been in by Richard Butler in the chat. Uh, would, uh, would have uh, Mikel brought on Martinelli um, if it wasn't for Saka's injury? No. Don't know, no, do you? Definitely not. I mean, one thing I, I did think from the game that, that annoyed me is that when when um, when Saka, Saka went off at some point, rather than um, he should have moved. Well, I was something about the game. He should have brought on somebody else and moved the players around. So who did he? He brought on Lacazette, did he? Oh, that's it. He brought on Lacazette and, and replaced. Um, was it party that it took? No, it took Saka off. Um, at some point, I remember thinking, "Hold on, why? Why has he bought left, left a Bamiyang on the pitch? Why didn't he play Lacazette he, he took, up front?" Martelli was yeah, taken, but put on for Saka, um, and then Lacazette the came on, uh, and then El Neni came on later on in, uh, in in the game. I don't know the point I was trying to make, but I remember thinking, "You need to shuffle that around a little bit." I wanted to see Smith Row play at a ten, and then, uh, but it didn't happen. It might have been the last game. I, I, th- I think. I'm going to shush. I think Od- Odegaard would have been hooked, um, uh, but not for Martinelli. I, I, I thought he would have got a bit, a little bit more defensive on, on yeah. the day. I, uh, I thought Odegaard was struggling a bit, but he did, he did get better. Go on, go on, Trev. Just putting a different perspective on, on the Martinelli thing, and I promise you, I'm drifting. And I'm a sorry fellow, my mate. Um, in that, you know, I've got my finger on that. Regardless. Of, regardless of whether Martinelli is, is 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 playing brilliantly or not, right? If you've got a striker that's that's playing as poorly or is in as poor a form as Albamiang, why hasn't Arteta just thought I need to change the tune? I need to just stick someone else in there because whoever I put in there, be it Martinelli, be it Balogun, be it Nketiah, be it Lacazette, be it whoever, whoever I put in there, he's going to do no worse than Albamiang. You know, so that's why why he's persevered with Albamiang for so long. I can't work out when he's got these other options that are maybe not going to pull any trees up, but they're not going to do any worse. You know, um, so yeah, I, I, I was quite pleased. I didn't think I'd see Albamiang get substituted, um, but he did get substituted seventy six minutes at the weekend, didn't he? You know, mm-hmm. Kai. You know, I, I love Kai. Right when I see him at the ground, we get on ever so well. He's a good lad. I, I like talking to him, but he always picks on me on this podcast, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> it's the Jacker effect, though, isn't it? The same reason he keeps bringing Jacker back, no matter what Jacker does. And same with Bamiyang. Yeah. It's, it's maybe they, yeah. maybe they bully it. Maybe they yeah. threaten to mess nudes. up his hair. Hey, they've got nudes. They've got oh, nudes. Cheeky. <laughs> um, right. So. Um, <laughs> Tomorrow night, 8.15, Amazon Prime, uh, round the houses very quickly. Do we start Tavares or KT? Mark, one-liner, Tavares or KT? Tierney. Dan? Tierney. Trev? Both. 
How's I that going to work? Controversial. Both. <laughs> I'd go, I'd go Tavares simply because the guy, why drop the guy when he's on form? Um, and yeah. Second one, uh, do you start Martinelli? And if so, who do you drop? Trev, starting with you. Richard Butler's put a question up there. Any good question, Richard? Would you guys drop Alba tomorrow? And I would, I would definitely sit Alba on the bench and play Martinelli. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, it, it, it can, it can only improve us, I think. Dan? Uh, yeah, I think and I would normally, if it's any other team and we were at home, I'd say probably start him. But I think as an impact sub, he could be amazing because mm. they're going to be run ragged by our players. And you bring him on for the last 20 minutes and they are going to be, they're going to be in trouble. I said that without swearing. <laughs> <laughs> You've done really well. I could see your lip gun. <laughs> Mark? Uh, well, something that Dan just said, I was about, I was going to say. Um, they used to play, Liverpool used to play a player. Was it, it's Fairclough, wasn't it? Kev. Oh, the super sub, Ginger. Yeah, yeah, right. So I, I see Martinelli. You can't that these days. I see Martinelli as that type of player because um, when he's when he started for most games, he hasn't looked very good, and it, it might come back to the fact the way we play and it doesn't suit forwards the way the forwards are got. But when he comes on, he looks really good. So I think he's more of a, I think he's more of a fair club. Bring him on for the last half hour. Myself, I, I at the start of this was thinking Martinelli, you bring him on because Saka's going to be dropped uh, because of his injury. Um, but listen to your points about the impact thing because I do. And Mark, what you said there about when he started, and it, it seems like if he doesn't get into the game, his head drops quite a lot as well. Yes. So. Um, <sighs> Because he's young, the, he's a young. Yeah, player. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I get, I get that. I, 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 I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm sorry, I'm on the fence. I, I'd like to see him start because I want him to get game time more than anything else. Uh, but I want him to have good game time. Uh, mm. So if good game time means he comes on as a, a sub, fine. Um, so what are we going on on? Predictions, you know, uh, my two of my brothers are, are Man United fans, and one of my nephews, and they're going to be absolutely hammering me on WhatsApp and and, and Messenger. Um, I, I said I'd, I'd done a little fan cam thing for Lee Judges TV on Saturday after the Newcastle game, and I said uh, towards the end of it, I'm less fearful going into the next two away games than I would normally be because. Everton and Man United are both difficult away trips for us historically, but I'm, I'm not, I can't say I'm confident, but I'm I'm more confident than I'd normally be. Trev, four 0 is it? No, no, not not at all, Fergus. We used the we used the term last week about us fans, not players, us fans, and our confidence as supporters about how our team are going to perform and. And you're right, it's, it's been a case for me all season, personally. I've not felt dread before any games. Um, even when we got beat 4-0 at Liverpool, I wasn't dreading going there like I have in recent years. I think that I think that if we play our youngsters, and we talked about Martinelli, I think Martinelli could well be, if he starts, could well be the one that's going to run what has been at times a static Man United defence around a bit. And uh, I want to see I want to see us press on against them, and I want I want to see us start really quickly early in the games, like we have been doing, like we did at Leicester. 
you know, um, and I think we can win at Man United tomorrow night. And I, I think we can win by a couple of goals to nil. I, I, I love our defence at the moment. I love the fact that behind our defence, when when the, when the opposition get a chance and it's on target, we've got a goalkeeper there that you think well, it's going to have to be good to beat this goalkeeper because, you know, we've got a blinding goalkeeper here. And he proved it again against Newcastle. Newcastle got, you know, the chance and, and there was Ramsdale with Savers. So I think I think it'll be a, a, a fancy a two-nil win for us tomorrow night. Start early, start quickly again early, like we did at Leicester, as I said. Get an early goal and, and get a bit of our youngsters' confidence up. And and who knows? And and while we're talking about early goals, you know, don't forget the first half hour against Liverpool. We held our own. We weren't a sh- we we weren't embarrassed. We played against Liverpool. Who's to say if we hadn't? If 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 if, if I know if we hadn't sneaked an early goal in that game against Liverpool. Who's to know what would have happened? Who's to know what would have happened? You know, so lost four one. <laughs> no, well, well, would you, yeah, no. I, I totally no. I'm totally. I totally agree with you. I, I, thought, I thought we were unlucky in the first half to go one down. Obviously, the second yeah. half they destroyed us. But in the first half, I thought we gave we gave a really good account of ourselves. Um, and had we carried on that way in the second start, of the second half, we could well have got out of that with a draw. But you know, they just fell apart, didn't they? So, well, it all started with Arteta threatening to give Klopp uh, a right yes. ruin yes. them pearly white. So, what didn't it? It, it did indeed. Yes, yes, it, it, that, that that sort of changed the atmosphere in the, in the stadium, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't, I, I don't like that, that that mantra and stuff. Mark, Mark, what's your your thoughts on the um, uh, the that mantra that that that, that 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 line that the 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 the, the argument on the touchline uh, lit up. Uh, Anfield, well, no, we changed the atmosphere. No, we, Mark, we changed the atmosphere completely. We silenced Anfield. We silenced the cop for forty minutes. Yeah. And then, yeah, it is poor judgment on the point. Yeah, but, <laughs> but what's your what, what, what's your view on 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 um, the Man United uh, result? What you what you expect? And and we'll uh, carry tomorrow. Strong, night, I don't know. I think, I think historically, we normally lose it. Right, whatever anyone says about Arteta's got a great result. Historically, we are shocking about at Old Trafford, and last season was 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 a, was refreshing. If we go there in the cup, I'll always think we'll we'll we'll, we'll do well and maybe win. Um, I saw Gav say the other during the week on Twitter. He said he's been there four times. And we won four times, which. Which is a massive anomaly, and then he said, and he said it's all four FA Cup games, no, no league games. So well, I think we're I've, get I've, ne- I've never seen us lose at Old Trafford. I've never seen. Yeah, us lose at Old I've only been there once, so you know. I've never been. <laughs> well, uh, <yes. laughs> no, we, we Dan- have a very, very poor record there. I think we'll draw. No, I get that. okay. That's fine. Um, Dan, what's your thoughts and, and, and predictions? Will um, will the new manager be our caretaker, caretaker manager? Be in the year of Carrick? Will that will that have will that have an influence on how the game works, or do you think we still got a little bit of an advantage by the new caretaker, caretaker manager not being in place? Well, that is a, a, a as far as I know, a Premier League first where they've got a caretaker who's is a caretaker for a caretaker. And I don't know how that's going to mentally affect the players, but he's had two games in charge. He's had two half-decent results. Did they win both of them? I think one in the Champions League and one in the league. 
Um, yeah. Dropped Ronaldo no, for the last drew, one. Drew against Chelsea. Drew against Chelsea and but got battered in the process. Uh, I watched the game. Yeah. yeah. If if we can get a draw away, I'll be happy with it. But the um, you would think that if there's any, there's no better time than to go there and get a win when Man United are playing awfully. Shame Ollie isn't there because then we, I would have definitely said we would, would win. But Carrick seems to have some kind of uh, understanding with the players because he's been there for so long. And uh, yeah, it's it's one of them ones where I'm not sure how it's going to go. I, I think we can win it, but they're going so can they. But this is there's no better time to go there and. And try and, and beat them like we like we're going to tomorrow. But I'm excited for it. But I'm also a little bit um, nervous about it. I, I never like playing there. Prediction? We've had such bad luck over the years, and the referee isn't going to help either. Who we got? I did read it before, um, but then uh, I've now no forgotten who the no hey? helps today. So. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Uh, I think we'll just nick it two one. I'm just I've just I've got this feeling that we, you know, we we've got to come good at United in the league, um, sooner rather than later. There's never a better time. Yes, I agree. I'd like Oli to be in charge because uh, I think Oli is the best bus driver in the world. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, uh, Dan. Finally, just before we uh, finish up on this, because I want to uh, talk about Ray Kennedy. Uh, what's your score prediction for the Man United game? One one, sadly. Heathen. Okay, two, <laughs> two draws and two victories. Yeah, I agree with Dan one one. Heathen. I can cool. see us going. I can see us going one nil up and then them getting, I don't know, a Ronaldo screamer from the halfway line or a dodgy penalty. We're gonna get mugged off as usual. Putting a graphic up here for a black cannon, a black background with a cannon on it. Bow your head, lad. Uh, hear this uh, cannon sound. Time to take your flag, uh, a gunner's down. Uh, we're talking about um, Ray Kennedy. Uh, Ray Kennedy, who scored seventy, uh, he scored three times in seventeen appearance for England. He was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. In 1984, he scored 71 goals in 212 appearances for Arsenal, winning the first division and the FA Cup double in 1971. Um, before joining Liverpool in 1974, during an eight-year sp spell at Liv Liverpool, he uh, scored 72 goals in 393 appearances and won five league titles and three European Cups. He also played for Swansea, Hartlepool before retiring in 1985. He was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 1985. He retired, uh, sorry, 1984, retired from football in 1985. And I had a testimonial um, between Liverpool and Arsenal, uh, which was held at Highbury in uh, 1991. Um, I'll turn to the historian first and foremost. Mark, um, talk to us about Ray Kennedy. I will have to excuse myself from this conversation. I'm just going to sit back, uh, indulge and learn. Well, I mean, he 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 was an amazing. Well, it wasn't like I mean, forget Hillsey, right? Bear me out here on this one because I was at the impression that he was really respected, but unlike um, Charlie George, he wasn't like revered on the terraces. You knew if he played in your team, you you'd get you should get a result because he was a really really top top class player. But yeah. I can't recall any songs about him from the terror scene. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm with you there. But, you know, 
I was I was a very <laughs> it's hard to believe, but I was a very very young man when I watched Ray Kennedy. The difference between Kennedy and George, I think, Mark, was that Kennedy was the lo- uh, excuse me, Charlie George was the local Islington lad. He stood on the terraces, yeah. and 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 they adored him for that as as much as his football. Kennedy was was a northern lad, and he came down to Arsenal as a youth player, didn't he? And he broke yeah. into the side, I think, the season before we won the double, and he played in the he played every game bar one in a double winning season. And that includes the FA Cups, the League Cups and and, and the, the European competitions. Um, it's been very sombering for me this week. I'm, I'm, I'm not mm. going to get too deep, don't worry. But Ray Kennedy played, I actually watched Ray Kennedy play. He was one of my first heroes. I went to my first game in December 1970. And it sort of it puts a different perspective on it when these players get old and they unfortunately pass on when you, you've actually seen them play and you've watched them and they've been your heroes, you know. He was a wonderful player. Mark will put me right here, Fergus, if you put us back on, on screen. He, he he was a wonderful player ahead of his sight time. I think he was the youngest player in that 1971 team. Yeah. Was. Charlie George was the darling youngster. But mm. Ray Kennedy was younger than Charlie, uh, just broken into the side. And, you know, I'll, we'll go back to Mark now. But, you know, you know when we all sing we won the league at Wild Lane in 71? Mm-hmm. That was Ray Kennedy. Three yeah. minutes to go, he adds, you know, he adds the winner. So, yeah, that that that's my thoughts for what they're worth, Mark. We'll, we can go back to you, mate. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he did say actually when he after he scored, I was doing a bit of reading for the for his picture. Um, he 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 wished he hadn't scored because after we obviously well obviously is when we went to the game we had to win or draw nil nil. If we'd have drawn yeah. one all, we wouldn't have won the league. So he said the last the couple of minutes, Spurs just absolutely bombed forward and they were slightly worried, you know, to be polite, um, that Spurs were going to score because they were all, you know, they, they basically come all over us. Obviously, they didn't. But he did say he wished he hadn't scored because it would have quieted everything down if we got nil-nil because nil-nil was, was good enough for us. No, no, he was, I mean, he, he, he was colossal. So he won the league and the FA Cup with us. Fair's Cup, we scored the goal got to go away to give us he did, yeah. when we were the one that gave us hope to make it 3-1, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bertie Mead brought him on. He, 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 he knocked one in about eight, what, eight minutes or so to go. Um, got us a bit of hope. He didn't play in, in, in the Highbury side um, because, you know, because me wanted to look basically the same team. And as we were, as we were talking earlier, he only really got into the double winning side at the start because Charlie George broke his ankle in the first game of the season. So Kennedy was next cab off the rank, and then that was it. He played every single game for the rest of the season. So, you know, and it, it was really his his, his link-up play with, with Radford, who was the, you know, he was the central, the, the bulwark of the, of the, of the forward line. Um, but if, when you read about Kennedy as well, he's, he was quite a tough player, wasn't he? He wasn't just like someone who took the ball off Radford, who was the big burly, big burly player. And Kennedy was a small one. They were both big blokes, weren't they? They they both took took a hell of a lot of knocks. Um, yeah. But so Kennedy left us once after he left us. He won five league tri- league titles, three European Cups, League Cup, and a UEFA Cup with Liverpool. And when he when he retired, he was the most decorated English player in history up to that yeah. point. And I think it's only I think only Cole has actually won more medals than him now. As an English yeah. player, 
So it I mean, was, he was so successful. It, it, it was a re it, when he went to Liverpool, he was a revelation, wasn't he? Because he had lost a bit of form at Arsenal for whatever reason it was. But then the whole of the Arsenal team started to lose a bit of form. Well, the whole thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, and he went to Liverpool and they they transformed him into a midfield player, didn't they? And and mm. not really, from my recollection, not the most attacking midfield player either for an no. ex-striker. He sat deep and he controlled the game, from my recollection, and. Um, he just, but I can't remember any malice towards him when he left. He went to our, one of our greatest rivals, Liverpool. There was no malice because he did. The, he did, as you said, he scored some of the goals that, that that allow us to have the great memories about our football club now. You know, so it it, it was a shame because I'm not going to dwell on the negatives, but um, he um, he had to sell all his medals in the early nineties mm. to pay yeah. for his treatment. You know, which was very very sad. And his, and his England caps, and uh, it wasn't the best period for him. But we're not going to reflect on that. Let's just remember. I mean, you look at him there in that picture. There, he's a big fella, you know. He's a real big. Yeah, he was. Young... He was he... Yeah. yeah, I he mean, he's out. Go on, mate. Go on. You know, he. he, he, he I mean, I was, I was doing a bit more reading about the um, about his illness, and the the, the person who wrote his biography with him, and is Andrew Leeds. Um, he was a he, he he worked with him on the Parkinson's, and he said uh, um, Kennedy was recounting some of the things he felt after matches for Arsenal, and he he said there's a possibility that the Parkinson's actually started in the double season, um, but it never actually came out until he was playing for Swansea in '82, '82 '83, and then he could feel that things weren't he could feel things weren't right. Wow, but, you know, but the, 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 you know the. The doctor said, "There's a chance is that it was always it was always in when he was playing, which makes his performances, you know, even more amazing." Unbelievable! I've heard that as well, Mark. I've heard exactly the same thing, mate. That the Parkinson's was probably with him, unfortunately, long before it got diagnosed, and mm -hmm. and it probably held him back a bit. Well, if it held him back, what can't what? Yeah. How good a player could he have been? You know, he was. Well, I can't say he was a wonderful man because, unfortunately, I never met him. But what I can say is he was a great player. Give, gives me some gave me some great memories. He, he played in the first game I ever watched at Arsenal. He was a he was a living hero to me, you know. And mm. um, <clears throat> sort of makes me think about my own age, if I'm honest. And 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 where you know it's horrible, but I, I will never regret watching Ray Kennedy. The only the only thing that I feel that, that guts me is that the the game at Tottenham in May 1971. My uncle used to take me to the Arsenal, Mark. He, he used to mm. take me, um, and and he wanted to take me down to YR Lane that night, and, and I was only uh, coming up nine, and my dad said to him, I've just been down the high road, because we lived up near Tottenham. <laughs> my dad said to him, I've just been down the high road. You're not taking Trev tonight. You're not taking a, an eight-year-old there to that game tonight. It ain't happening. And it was probably for us, because <laughs> from what I've heard... We took over every stand. It wasn't mm. on ticket. We took over every stand in White Hart Lane. It was amazing what that team and uh, did for, for Arsenal football, the Arsenal Football Club. And Ray Kennedy was a massive part of that. And I've been very sad at the fact he's passed away this week. And, he, uh, well, he, he was a leading scorer that season as well. Um, and for the two of the next three seasons, he was a leading scorer. So, I mean, the amount, you know... It, it, he scored 70 goals in 213 games. So it was like, you know, he, 
we didn't again though we were set up in those days to not we weren't set up to score a lot were we we were set up to not let it let in goals so the, the him and radford you know their the goal scoring performances don't look fantastic but in reality they were fan, they were brilliant absolutely brilliant yeah they were it, uh, I, yeah I just uh, there's not a lot more you can say really apart from it's so sad he was a great man he was only 70 you know, know. 70 know. old nowadays you know and um yeah as richard butler rightly says yeah 26 goals in the 71 season as a teenager you couldn't ask for more in them days because you no, could no. guarantee for every one of them 26 goals he probably had 260 bruises and bumps because it was a proper man's game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dan, um, are, are you like me? I, I, you know, the guys speak really highly of, of uh, Ray Kennedy. And I know uh, on uh, the sports radio channels, they're talking glowingly about him both from Arsenal and more so from Liverpool point of view. And he also had an England career as well. Do you know much of him or just what you're hearing now? I know the history of him and the Arsenal team at that time, but I look back at the the team that did the double that season, and most of the players I knew what they did, like Bob Wilson and George Graham and and uh, and uh, Charlie George. Yeah, yeah, Charlie, yeah. same birthday as me. I should know. Well, October the tenth. So it's just weird that I don't really know much about him. He retired just as I was him. getting into. Hey, you look a bit younger than him. <laughs> Different on, on year. Him. Cheeky. <laughs> so it's just odd. I mean, Frank McClintock, all these people, they went off into management and they did other stuff. But, and, and obviously, um, Pat Rice and other people like that. I know what they did. I, I know what they look like. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to pick out, um, Ray Kennedy in, in a lineup. I don't know. Maybe it's because I know I read on Wiki that he went and ran a pub. So maybe he went away from football and did other things like a lot of people do. And thought someone who was that good a player would have been on it. Was he like, he wasn't because he got Parkinson's. He wasn't he, he wasn't able to. That's why he wasn't seen. Yeah, it was just a case of you know I read a quote. He, he, he said he said I can't go. You know I can't fix myself out to go and watch a game of football because I think I mean, if, I, if I have a bad day, I'll be, I have to stay at home. So I just watch it on the telly. Yeah, he did try coaching, didn't he? He did go somewhere as a coach when he's for a short while when his playing career ended. I'm going to have to look it up, but I know he coached somewhere um, for a short while. But as you rightly say, boys, if he's carrying that Parkinson's disease and he's been carrying it for some time, he's 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 not going to be very good, is he? So, but but also no. also Trev, like you know, running a pub, footballers uh, of that era didn't get paid the money they got now. They they got good money for the day, but it still wasn't like it is now. Uh, I I. I, I'm a friend with Terry Herlock, and Terry Herlock is still working for a living. Um, oh, he was great. He was, yeah, um, and I met George Best, um, and I've been in his pub down uh, down near Marble Arch off the Edgware Road. He had a couple of pubs down there uh, in the late eighties. So you know, it, it was it was not unheard of for them to go back into normal society. Yeah, they, they had a bit of money, like the Linickers and stuff. They got the Linickers bar down in. So okay, you're starting to get into the the, the more where they had a bit more money, but the, the, the players of that era didn't really have that much money at all. Fergus, you know, I, 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 they they either ran a pub, opened a sports shop, 
still worked within the club somewhere or became a manager or a coach. That's what they did. Yeah. Couldn't retire enough, you... the rest of their lives on their earnings. You, you talk about that. My, my uncle played for Athlone Town, which is my hometown. He was a goalkeeper. And my claim to fame is he, he played in the, the Europa, what would be the Europa League, the uh, um, UEFA Cup Winners' Cup, when Athlone won the League Cup, uh, the FAI, FAI League Cup. And he saved a penalty against Standard Liège. And he done exactly that. When he, he retired through injury, he opened up a sports shop in the local shopping centre. But that was just the way they were. They're part of the community, mm. part of the town. Uh, listen, um, rest in peace, Ray Kennedy, uh, a gooner. Mm. Um, another gooner down. And I, we were just talking, and, and without getting too depressive, because I'm, I'm going to finish this in a second, but you were talking about the 71 double-winning side um, and that's the second one that we believe is is lost. Uh, the the most of them are still around. And if you look at the sixty six world, squad, Fergus. third from the third squad. Sorry, from the to squad. Cut you off, pal. Sorry to cut you off, pal. Sincerely. No, no, that's fine. He, he, the third one that played in that season, we believe, was passed away. We spoke about it earlier, Mark, didn't we? Yeah, Roberts. Yeah, he was he was centre back for the first half of the season um, in the league. Didn't play in the cup. Um, but he played in, when when Simpson was injured. Um, so he, he, he played half, yeah. half the season, basically, and then Simpson come in and, and, and then he you know, got his place back. But yeah, there's three. So there's oh. George Armstrong, um, Roberts and, um, and Kennedy, yeah. Uh, apparently, Richard is and Richard is a bit of a satyr as well. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, he, he coached... Coats and Cyprus. Um, listen, guys, it's been really enjoyable. Dan, I hope you enjoyed breaking your dock live on the show. Um, Certainly did. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been great having you on. Um, let people know where they can follow you and what your podcast is and and, and your socials and everything else. Just Burkamp Wonderland uh, on YouTube, or just type it into any type it into DuckDuckGo or Yahoo. Don't you don't use the G one because they'll follow you and making noises in your garden <laughs> and uh you don't want to follow me on twitter i don't want any more people following me telling me that i'm wrong i, I want zero followers then everything i say is obviously right that's what i want yeah so it's uh, at the um afc podcast that's it brilliant thanks thank for having me thank thank no no really appreciate it. thanks thank you uh uh, Mark, uh, let people know you got any more publications coming out soon or if they want to get somebody a good present for Christmas uh, where can they get your books? Uh, Legends Publishing or Amazon but I'd say Legends Publishing or Decor Bhutan which is the complete book Okay and Mark, thank you for joining us um, She's I would like to... <laughs> that book, that book, and 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 you can also um, let me bring it up. Sorry, you can also go to um, thearsenalhistory.com uh, to see um, what 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 Trevor reads when he's sitting on the loo, because other people do other things. Trevor watches thearsenalhistory.com. <laughs> I mean, there, are, there are links to all of our books on this. So, you know, in, in, in all, all, all of the um, articles, basically. Ferg, you know, you make me laugh. And, and, and in the ArsenalHistory.com is a wonderful, wonderful website. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Don't start look If you're an Arsenal fan and you're interested in the history of the Arsenal, <laughs> don't you, look Richard. on that Arsenal History website if you've only got five minutes because it sort of drags you in and it takes you to places 
you've never been before. And all you do is learn, learn, learn about our great football club. And I love it. I love the books and I love the, the website. And uh, I've, I, although it's been sad, I thoroughly enjoyed tonight. It's, it's been like a different perspective on on, on what we've done mm. tonight, Fergus. And uh, I think it's also because I'm feeling much better. I'm still coughing a bit, but oh, I can't wait till tomorrow night. Yeah, it's good wait. that you're back. It's good that you're feeling better, mate. Yeah, thanks, mate. I'm, uh, and, and I'm, well, you know what? Definitely. One thing that's worrying me about tonight, Ferg, I'm agreeing with every comment Richard Butler puts up. So <laughs> I know it's bloody worrying, isn't it? <laughs> Get your tinfoil hats at the ready. <laughs> I'm agreeing with everything Richard says, but it's been lovely. I'll tell you what you need to do. We need to tell um, uh, Richard what you actually had. It wasn't a cold. It wasn't a flu. It was what? Oh, yeah, I had COVID. Knocked me for six, yeah. Not put me on my backside. Lost a stone in there a we week. Go. Couldn't, uh, I'm not going to go into it because I don't I don't publish all that goes on on social media. My, my, my life is private at times, and that's private. But I had COVID, and it wasn't very good. Um, Fergus, but it, but it just, was real. It was real. That was my point. Oh, mate, trust me, it was real. Trust me, it was real. Thank you. I know it doesn't affect everybody the same. And everybody should make their own decisions on whether they're going to have a, 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 a jab or not have a jab, right? But let people make their own decisions. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I am pleased. I, 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 my mind is that, 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 that double vaccination I've had quite possibly saved my life. But that's my view. I'm not going to push it on anyone else. You know, I wanted the jab. What I don't like these nasty comments where People are called nasty names because they do or they don't want to jab. Let people make their decisions, yep. you know, and that's what you got to do. Anyway, sod that. Listen, listen. Tomorrow night, right? We're gonna, I'm gonna be there shouting my head off. We're gonna start really quickly. We're gonna get one nil up within the first 15 minutes, right? One nil up within the first 15 minutes. Then we're gonna score again just before half time, two nil. Then we're gonna hang on. Like you need you another know, lay down. A week two nil. Well, it's a possibility. It's a possibility. <laughs> on that note, on that note, you have been watching an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. It's Guns and Yellow Ribbons. If you like what you do, what we do, um, click the like button, click the subscribe button. Don't we don't really care. We enjoy it. I enjoy just sitting here having a chat with the lads. Um, love it. Up the Arsenal. Come on, let's get it tomorrow. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.